Good evening, folks, and welcome back on this Saturday, the 11th day of February, 2023. I'm your host, Mark Allen. Yes, again, it's been quite a week. But this week, I will suggest it's not only that the gloves have come off, even the facade of anything remotely approaching a constitutional republic or, much less, one nation under God is no longer even a pretense of what's now pretty clearly the Fourth Reich. So I'll start like this. When it comes to saving the republic, much less returning to an America that is clearly dead and gone, is no more, it's too late. We saw that writ large this week. So what I want to focus on now is how do we deal with the fallout, um, pun intended, literally and figuratively, and what's next? What do we do from here on out? Starting with a speech, and I'm sure you know the one I'm talking about, and even though it was nothing but a Hitlerian big lie, there's more to it than just the lies. And it may very well be the last one even of those. So I'm going to go through at least some of what the Biden Fuhrer read from the teleprompter. And not very well at that, so I won't use too much of the actual audio, because this first segment's only a half hour anyway. And when I skip over the outright pap and self-serving BS, that'll cut it down quite a bit besides. But what actually motivated me was, when I went looking for a transcript, I found one from CNN. They're all, of course, sourced via the so-called White House. But this one had what CNN claimed was some fact-checking in it. And the more I read it, the more I thought, oh, good grief, we do have to go through some of this. You'll see what I mean. And since you already know how it starts, let's hit the ground running. Good evening, dupes. And you, my fellow Americans, or maybe I repeat myself, I start tonight by congratulating the members of the Congress and the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. I look forward to working together. blah de blah blah He introduces and effusively praises a whole bunch of outright scum, and then begins with the lies and the not-even-thinly-veiled communist propaganda, like the story of America, he didn't spell it right in the text, is a story of progress and resilience, of always moving forward. I know the Marxists love that part. And never giving up. Like, two years ago, our economy was reeling. But hey, we hit it when it was down, and now it's pretty much a dead man walking. Got eggs, folks? I'll skip over the lies, but I do have to do this part because CNN interjects a little bit of uh, BS as well. As I stand here tonight, we've created a record 12 million new jobs. Yeah, sure, more jobs created in two years than any president has ever created in four years. Well, at least CNN almost gets this one right. Biden's number is accurate, they say. The U.S. economy added those jobs between Biden's first full month in office, blah de blah but that number is indeed higher than it might have been. But it's important to remember that Biden took office during an unusual pandemic where the economy had been hammered. And I'm going to change the text just a little bit here, like never before in this nation's history, by the biggest bioweapon ever released. Millions of jobs were destroyed, and no, they didn't count those. And it's the dead cat bounce back that's responsible for the so-called creation of most, if not all, of those. Two years ago, though, says the Biden fewer, COVID had shut down our businesses. But today, COVID no longer controls our lives. No, we, your unelected slave masters, do. And two years ago, he continued, our democracy, and I'm not going to say sick every time that word appears, folks, but it is sick how many times it does and how he still doesn't know what form of government the Constitution actually once guaranteed. But our democracy, he said, faced its greatest threat since the Civil War. And here your host is going to interject the truth, unlike CNN. A transparently stolen election? Well, we're up to two now. Invasion from without, treason from within, and bioweapons unleashed. And though bruised, he says, our democracy, and yep, i got to ask it, where's the fact check, CNN? Remains unbowed and unbroken. 
CNN, though, said this feels very much like a re-election pitch, asking people to look past their fears about inflation and the economy and take a longer view of the Biden fewer years so far. As we gather here tonight, said Zafur, we're writing the next great chapter. And that means the last chapter, when he's successful, folks. And he went on to say, when world leaders, <laughs> does this ever happen? They want to ask his opinion. They ask me to define America, he claimed. I define our country in one word, possibilities. Uh, yeah, possibilities to destroy it all. Possibilities to get my big guy cut right off the top. And then he goes on to talk about how Republicans and Democrats, or so we're told, can't work together. But we've proven the naysayers wrong. Yeah, folks. Folks, when it matters, Republicans and Democrats come together. And yes, your host notes, when tyranny really counts, both wings of that same bird of prey will flap in unison, so be afraid, be very afraid. After which comes the biggest string of actual truth in the speech, because he gives actual examples of exactly that kind of tyranny. Every bit of it, arguably and completely unconstitutional, too. And then he goes on to show that, yep, when tyranny really does count, we can flap in unison. The parties have worked together on a number of issues, including much-needed infrastructure spending and the first true anti-Second Amendment gun legislation in years. We're CNN on this one, you might wonder. You're going to wonder that a lot, folks. The bump stock ban wasn't actually legislated, you may recall. Congress didn't do it. It was done by fiat, but it was certainly anti-Second Amendment. He goes on to say, both wings were able to flap together when it came to a stronger and safer Europe. Yeah, we gutted it and starved it of energy. And now they're looking to destroy it even more completely than the last World War did. And then he lists some of the other tyrannical things that both parties were able to uh, slam down America's throat and Constitution be damned. Quote, in fact, I signed over 300 bipartisan laws, sick, since becoming president. The Violence Against Women Act, the Electoral Count Reform Act, oh good grief, and the Respect for Abominations called Marriage Act. That, he said, protects the right to marry the person you love. These are all serious issues, said the Fuhrer. The Electoral Count Act is meant to guarantee that there will be no insurrection 2.0. Yeah, arguably, folks, there'll never be another honest election in America. But maybe even worse, he said it this way, the Respect for Marriage Act signified a complete evolution on the issue of marriage. And yeah, he actually did come right out and say it. Finally getting around to this, that's always been my vision for our country, to restore the soul of a nation. And that went on to really raise the bile level of every American who actually fought and died for a nation that's had its real soul eaten out and destroyed. And then he went on to claim, yeah, it's about uniting the country. Where in fact, the truth is, they have already gutted it like a stuck pig. And yeah, he did say this correctly, though. We've been sent here to finish the job. And that may be the most important line in the speech, although there are going to be others that are right up there. From here, he goes on to lie about unemployment and how many jobs they have created, including this unbelievable and already thoroughly debunked whopper. Let's look at the results. Unemployment rate at 3.4%, a 50-year low. And even CNN has trouble swallowing this one. This was a gamble, they say, for Biden to brag about the jobs data because the Federal Reserve, by raising interest rates, is actively trying to slow the job market and raise the unemployment rate as a way to combat inflation. And even though that's insipid, it's about as close as they ever get to the truth. Mostly because it outright ignores economics. Record low black and Hispanic unemployment, he says. 800,000 good-paying manufacturing jobs. Well, says CNN, Biden's figures are correct. But the good-paying qualifier is subjective and can't be independently verified. Oh, good grief. This is the kind of thing that I want to make sure we get on the table up front. Because to put it mildly, I think we'll note that their fact-checking leaves a lot to be desired. Like checking of actual facts. 
For too many years, he said, we've imported products and exported jobs. Now, thanks to what we've done, we're exporting American products and creating American jobs. But inflation, he opined, has been a global problem because of the pandemic, you know he didn't say it right, that disrupted supply chains and Putin's war. Yeah, sure, that disrupted energy and food supplies. But get this, Whopper, we're better positioned than any country on Earth. And... uh are you going to let that slide, I want to know, CNN? For example, is there any other country that actually has oil, natural gas, and coal and isn't outright destroying their own infrastructure? Gas prices are down, he said. CNN at least didn't let that slide. He didn't mention that gas prices are still a lot higher than when he took office. And it's important to note, they claim that presidential policy has a limited impact on gas prices. <laughs> well, unless, of course, you shut down pipelines and job-owned CEOs into deciding to let infrastructure decay because it's too expensive to try to build new oil refineries and processing plants when everybody with half a brain knows they're going to be taxed and regulated into non-existence anyway. Food inflation, he said, is coming down. Eh, what else do I need to say about that? CNN doesn't come out with the actual truth, but they do at least recognize a simple math error. Okay, it's an outright lie, but no, it's the rate of increase of inflation that's coming down. It was astronomical, and now it's merely to the moon. But don't worry, they've got a fix for that. He went on to claim that a record number of Americans have applied to start new small businesses. The trouble is, that was after their old small businesses were destroyed. Said the Biden viewer, every time somebody starts a small business, it's an act of hope. But yeah, when we destroy their dreams, your host notes, it's an act of treachery. From there, he goes on to talk about the Chips and Science Act and how Big Brother's going to fix that, too. Just wait. And here, I do think it's appropriate to play one of the actual clips from the State of the Union, because if nothing else, it's funny. And surprise, folks, it doesn't show up in the transcript either. But American automobiles couldn't make enough cars because there weren't enough chips. Car prices went up, people got laid off, so did everything from refrigerators to cell phones. <laughs> and that at least is true, because everything got laid off, not just millions of people, but everything from refrigerators to cell phones. And somehow or other, CNN decided to completely overlook even so much as a comment on that. Others didn't, though. All they had to say about it was this, reorienting the economy, and like the good communists they are, they phrased that very carefully, Reorienting the economy is a huge part of Biden's message and an important part of keeping, oh yeah, the U.S. competitive. More socialists make work programs and other so-called infrastructure, basically spending a whole lot of money on things that could have been done if the private sector had actually not been inhibited from doing it. And that CNN's comment, these are infrastructure projects, big and small, sprinkled throughout the economy. And you can read more about them from CNN's breathless coverage. Because you see, folks, this is the attitude that's inherent in not only the coverage of the speech, but the speech itself. If Big Brother doesn't do something, it just doesn't happen. And I'm going to skip a whole bunch of that stuff, as you might expect. But he goes on to talk about an iron worker from Local 44, known as the Cowboys of the Sky, whereupon he turns to Sarah, who's here tonight, who can't wait to be ten stories above the Ohio River, building that new bridge that we've promised. That, he said, is pride. Well, guess what, folks? They're big on all kinds of pride. And here's the line. That's what we're also building, pride. Catch the uh, not-so-subtle inference? 
CNN's Phil Mattingly comments that as Biden's transformative legislative agenda looked all but dead, White House officials made a strategic decision to ditch its well-worn moniker, Build Back Better, maybe because the communist implications there are beyond denial at this point. But he says it worked. Maybe the correlation wasn't exactly a straight line, but Biden and his puppet masters, he put it differently, resuscitated a scaled-back version of the economic und climate proposals that serve as the cornerstone of their agenda. And now Biden has a new frame for what that agenda has created. We're building back pride. He goes on to say, we're also replacing poisonous lead pipes that go into 10 million homes and lots of schools. <laughs> because we want you to drink clean water, yeah, sure, even while we poison you and your kids with injections that you won't be able to say no to. Oh, he said, we're also making sure every community has access to affordable, high-speed Internet. Even, and he didn't say this, if it's 5G and it kills you and your children. And they're building a socialist utopia where no, not just no child is left behind, but a communist economy where, quote, no one is left behind. Again, whether they like it or not, jobs are coming back. Pride is coming back, he said. And they have a blue-collar blueprint to rebuild America and make a real difference in your lives. Again, i got to say it, whether you want them to or not, says CNN, Biden needs to convince Americans who feel left behind, the kind of blue-collar Americans that increasingly have abandoned the Democratic Party, that his plan to transition the economy away from fossil fuels and spend more on infrastructure will create opportunities. Says your host, that may be tough, because a whole lot of them are going to freeze to death or starve in the process. For example, he said, too many of you lay in bed at night staring at the ceiling, wondering what will happen if your spouse gets cancer, like maybe she took one too many boosters, your child gets sick, ditto, or if something happens to you, and ditto, ditto, will you have the money to pay your medical bills? Will you even have a house? Nah, says your host, let's be honest here, if you were gullible enough to fall for our vax propaganda, you may well be dead before any of that matters. And here, folks, he launches into a socialist tirade about how the only solution is complete socialist health care control. No, it's not enough that we've destroyed the economy and pretty much the American health care system. First, we're going to finish the job. And how dare Republicans even talk about repealing the misnamed Inflation Reduction Act. If you try to do anything to raise the cost of prescription drugs, he said, I will veto it. And furthermore, listen to this, folks. I'm pleased to say that more Americans have health insurance now than ever in history. And yeah, whether they wanted what we were pushing or not. And finally, the Inflation Reduction Act is also the most significant investment ever made to tackle the, are you sitting down, climate crisis. And here I've got to ask it, hey, CNN, are you going to leave that whopper alone too? Of course they are. And here the Biden fewer really steps on the big lie gas, lowering utility bills, creating American jobs, and leading the world to a clean energy future, he said, bleak and dark and cold as it may be. We're rebuilding for the long term. New electric grids, and I'm not kidding here, he actually said this, able to weather the next major storm. Even, folks, if they won't actually have electricity in those wires, because uh, there won't be enough to go around, especially with the electric car BS that they're pushing too. And get this, we're building 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations installed across the country by tens of thousands of IBEW workers. But hey, folks, when they get the rest of their plan in place, there won't actually be any power to run them. But that won't stop them from offering $1,000 a year tax credits for the purchase of electric vehicles. (laughs) 
Oh, good grief. The climate crisis, said the Biden Fuhrer, doesn't care if your state is red or blue. It's an existential threat. And here CNN interjects that their senior political analyst, Round Bronstein, has written, it's a great irony of climate change politics that so many red states often feel more pain. And that, folks, is because they probably should feel a lot more targeted. We have an obligation to our children and grandchildren. Hey, there won't be grandchildren, folks, if the eugenicists continue to get their way. I'm proud of how America is at last stepping up to the challenge. But there's so much more to do because, as you know, folks, we will finish the job. And he's going to do that by taxing the, quote, wealthiest and biggest corporations. Because I'm a capitalist, he lied. But just pay your fair share. And get this, CNN claims the GOP knock on Democrats frequently is that they're not capitalist. Biden disagrees. <laughs> oh, come on. Now, at this point, I've got to go slightly out of sequence just for a minute because this fits here better than where the string-pulling speechwriters wanted to put it, and that's in part because the Biden viewer can't read the teleprompter right. Notice Big Oil just reported his profits, record profits. Last year they made two. Hundred billion dollars. Yeah, who do they think they are? Big Pharma? Last year they made two hundred billion dollars in the midst of a global energy crisis. I think it's outrageous. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway. So why should we invest in them? Now, folks, that's probably the only actually true thing he said all evening. And they're absolutely right. Why would anybody want to invest in an industry that the regime wants to destroy? All you're doing is throwing money down the toilet. And they all know it. And they even told this idiot, and he's not about to listen to them. But it does set up the best laugh line of the night. And it seems like everybody's figured out why it's funny, except the senile guy who can't even read the teleprompter. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed <laughs> and beyond that. We're going to need it. Production. In laughter, veritas. Yeah, in laughter, folks, there is truth, even if it's painful to admit. It just gets worse. Nobody under $400,000, once they complete their socialist nirvana, is ever going to pay another penny of tax. Well, unless you count all the other ways they're going to literally stick it to you and bleed you dry. It looks like we may be spending everything that there is and printing money to cover all of the stuff that we've been promising and don't intend to deliver. Let's finish the job, though, he said, and close those loopholes that allow the very wealthy, the kind that buy us and own us, and the kind who write the rules for the rest of you peons, yeah, to avoid paying their fair share of taxes. Instead of cutting the number of audits of wealthy taxpayers, he says, I signed a law that will reduce the deficit. Are you sitting down by $114 billion, by cracking down on wealthy tax cheats, and you know who that means. You can see them in the mirror. That, he says, is being fiscally responsible. Now, this is CNN's excuse for a fact check. Meanwhile, Republicans, they say, want to cut the number of IRS agents. No, they want to prevent the standing army from being built out the way the Biden Fuhrer intends to. Another 70-plus thousand or so armed officers that, as Jefferson put it back in the Declaration, are intended to harass our people and eat out their substance. But even CNN can see this. Notice they say how much of Biden's pitch is built on taxing the wealthy. 
To which your host has to add, yeah, this so-called CNN criticism, folks, and fact-checking reminds me a lot of a guy who might watch a gang rape and murder and then point out breathlessly that the getaway car that they're using is double parked. Whereupon he corrects the record, and about the only thing he gets right is that, yeah, Trump was a spendthrift too, prompting CNN to add there was some balking at these figures by Republicans in the room who jeered. Those are the facts, Biden ad-libbed. Check it out. And yes, they said, Biden's claim is correct. Trouble is, folks are not going to tell you, when you can print money to infinity, this is exactly what both wings of that same evil bird of prey have been doing, and guess what? We'll continue to do. Now, as you might suspect, there was pontification about Medicare and Socialist Security. If anyone tries to cut that, said the Biden Fuhrer, I will stop them. I will not allow them to be taken away. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. And even CNN can't overlook that. Quote, this is about the easiest and most popular pledge for any American president to make. Good grief. But he's not done. I'm not going to raise taxes on anyone making under $400,000 a year. He pontificates again. But he's going to make the wealthy and big corporations begin to pay their fair share. Look, here's the deal. Big corporations aren't just taking advantage of the tax code. They're taking advantage of you, the American consumer. Yeah, folks, that's Big Brother's job. Says CNN, there were multiple examples in this speech of Biden vilifying corporations and the wealthy and a warning to them that he intends to take more taxes from them. Said Biden, here's my message to all of you out there. I'll have your back and your host notes. Yeah, and he'll have your front, too. And I'll take your sides and anything else I feel like. All of which leads up to this. Capitalism, he said, without competition is not capitalism, it's exploitation. And CNN breathlessly adds in their fact check, this was an excellent line, and yet another attack on corporations. Says your host, yeah, and it's also BS. Capitalism with dishonest, fake, fiat money isn't a free market, folks. It's theft. Says Biden, let's finish the job. CNN notes, yep, that was the mantra of Biden's speech. He kept repeating it over and over again. Your host will paraphrase it this way. Let's finish the job. I have almost destroyed America. Let's finish the job. And you got to love this, well, or hate it. I at least have to note it. My administration, he said, is also taking on junk fees, those hidden surcharges too many businesses use to make you pay more, like bank overdrafts and all kinds of things that may not matter to the very wealthy, but to folks in homes like the one I grew up in, they add up to hundreds of dollars a month and make it harder for you to pay the bills or afford that family trip. No, not anymore, he said. We've written a bill to stop all of that. Listen to this, folks. It's called the Junk-Free Prevention. Prevention Act. Oh, good grief. But when a communist regime overcharges you and they get away with it, they call it an honest and fair election. And don't you dare say otherwise. Says Biden, baggage fees are bad enough. But they just can't treat your child like a piece of luggage. Now, we treat them like a slave and we inject them with poison. And here's the point of this tirade. Americans, he said, are tired of being played for suckers. And that, folks, really is the hidden true theme of the speech with laughter. I'll skip over a whole bunch more socialist BS, like more indoctrination intended to dumb down American kids and teach them to emote rather than think, so they'll be able to listen to speeches like this and not realize how badly they're being lied to. Which brings us to the bioweapon BS. In the midst of the COVID crisis when schools were closed, he intoned, let's recognize how far we've come in the fight against the, he can't say it right again, pandemic itself. 
because while the virus is not gone, we have broken COVID's grip on us. COVID deaths are down nearly 90%. Now, here I have to stop and say, hey, all they had to do is actually quit calling things that weren't COVID deaths. But now, though, in dramatic contrast, when people die of vaxicite, they still won't call that what it is. And, of course, as usual, no fact check from the Kami News Network. Said Biden, we've saved millions of lives and opened the country back up and soon we'll end the public health emergency. Yeah, when we're done using it to oppress you and we have the next big thing all ready to go. But oh, the humanity, as you'd expect, he's going to monitor the dozens of new variants that they've got on tap and support new vaccines and treatments. And Congress needs to fund these efforts to keep America safe. Oh, yeah. And he's going to double down on prosecuting fake criminals while the real ones keep doing what we saw last night. Oh, yeah. Like people who stole relief money and tried to tell you the truth, like don't take the poison poke. Still, though, he says, before I came to office, many inspector generals, sick, who protect taxpayer dollars, were sidelined. Fraud was rampant. And I have to add, yeah, he ought to know. That's how he got there. But we'll go to the break with this. We have an obligation, said the Biden Fuhrer, to make sure all of our people are safe. Public safety depends on public trust. But too often, that trust is violated. What a scumbag. back now to the second segment for this evening. I am again your host, Mark Hall. And you know, in that entire review during the first segment, the thing I arguably didn't emphasize as much as I might have or should have, because it's so important, is also arguably the most stunning. So let me pick it up like this. I spent almost the entire first segment recapping, debunking, and commenting on what almost certainly has to rank as the greatest bunch of BS ever to be unleashed on the floor of a place that's really used to it, the House of Representatives. And as you know, that's saying a lot. The problem is, while I went through the details, I probably didn't make quite as clear as I should have why I spent so much time talking about things that almost everybody listening probably recognized was nothing but outright great big Hitlerian-style lies. And here's the problem. When we focus only on the lies, we miss the even bigger picture. It's not just the lies. It's not just an enemy. It's not just an attempt to destroy the once free United States. It's not even just treason anymore. It's an outright total war on truth, and moreover, and honestly, this part at least, I think we've seen coming for a long time, it's an outright declared war on the one true living God, yod heh vav -Hey, the author of Scripture and the creator of everything, unless you listen to those servants of Satan walking in men's shoes that inhabit the swamp in places like Washington. Now, part of the problem is I ran out of time. It was a long-winded, tedious pile of BS, and I didn't get through all of it, and I'm not sorry about that. I never intended to anyway, but all of that in the first segment was just a setup. 
the real indicator of how this is even beyond the really big lie that we've almost gotten inured to hearing. So here now is his big finish, and yeah, where I really needed to go. In that entire review during the first segment, the one thing I didn't actually get around to mentioning was perhaps the most important, if not the most stunning, of the whole speech. Right at the end, after a whopper about honoring the results of our elections and not subverting the will of the people, the Biden Fuhrer said, we must uphold the rule of law and restore trust in our institutions of democracy. And I can't help but think, what, CNN? CNN? Any comment on that? Do I hear nothing but crickets chirping? No surprise. George Orwell nailed it in 1984. We are literally dealing with the Ministry of Truth here. And then the guy who's arguably done more to install hatred and division in the Oval Office than almost anybody who's ever walked through the door, with the possible exception of Hitler herself, and the Obamasiah, who's arguably the one really pulling the strings anyway, actually said this. We must give hate and extremism in any form no safe harbor. And guess what, folks? That means you, law-abiding, God-fearing, and even Constitution-believing Americans. There's no place for political violence in America. Well, okay, he meant unless they do it. We have to protect the right to vote, not suppress the fat fundamental right. Honor the results of our elections, not subvert the will of people. (laughs) Yeah, I'll admit it. I had to put that laugh track in there because the idiots listening to it all drank the Kool-Aid and sat there. Although, yeah, there were probably some good ones just too shocked to speak that he would actually be that in your face about it. But that's part of the point, folks. All of us by now should have known. Here it is one more time, just for shock value. Honor the results of our elections, not subvert the will of people. We have to uphold the rule of law and restore trust in our institutions of democracy. We must give hate and extremism in any form no safe harbor. And quiet acquiescence to the really big lies. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment where they have been called to protect our democracy, defend it, stand up for it. And this is our moment. No, our moment's passed, folks. And those who should have stood up for the republic, obviously, when they had the chance, failed. Even CNN somehow seems to find something wrong with this. Biden, they say, made the effort to protect democracy sound like a war here. That phrasing about generations being called on to protect democracy has echoes of previous foreign wars. Well, gee, do you think? After all, folks, let's not kid ourselves. It is a war, a war on the republic and certainly those who stand for it. And it's certainly a war on the American people. And I guess you could say after that speech, it's a war on everybody who could see through what was being pushed down their throats as well. But wait a minute. If you thought that was the really nasty part of the speech, I'm still working up to it. And here I hearken back to the title of a great book written by Hans Hermann Hoppe years ago called Democracy, the God that Failed. And see if that doesn't ring true here. Because just prior to that, the Biden Fuhrer said that democracy is, quote, the most fundamental thing of all. And listen carefully to this and see if you recognize here the Bible verse that he's actually stealing and arguably perverting. There's one reason why we've been able to do all of these things. Our democracy itself. It's the most fundamental thing of all. With democracy, everything's possible. Without it, nothing is. Oh, wow. 
And here you thought, maybe that was supposed to apply to the one true God. Or, wait a minute, is that really what they're actually coming right out and telling you here and rubbing your noses in it besides? So let me say it again and wrap it all up this way. The reason why that speech and the reaction to it is so important is not just the incredibly big, beyond Hitlerian level lies. It goes way beyond that, and it's even twofold. Princess Amidala from Star Wars was right. This is how liberty dies to thunderous applause. But when it comes to replacing the God of the Bible with a fake, a democracy that never was part of the Constitution back when we were a constitutional republic, the death of a republic is met with nothing but silence. The real State of the Union, folks, is an open declaration of war on Yahuwah, the one true God, the Bible, the rule of law once explicitly based upon it, and everything that followed from it. Don't kid yourselves. From there, I want to talk about two specifics that were specifically ignored during the State of the Satanic Democracy Address. And the reason is because they both reveal pretty firmly the level and extent of the big lie itself. Starting with the destruction of the United States by traitors within and enemies without. And last week, even the CNN-swelling somnambulists masquerading as Americans were forced to admit, hmm, something here smells rotten. And notice, of course, that the Biden Fuhrer didn't even address it, in spite of the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene sat there with a great big white balloon, making clear that at least some Americans weren't buying the BS. Here's story one in that sequence. As the Biden regime came under fire last week for allowing a Chinese spy balloon to cross the entire United States before theatrically shooting it down, off the coast of South Carolina, an anonymous U.S. defense, sick, department official said over the weekend that spy balloons transition over American territory all the time. Oh, yeah. And guess what, folks? You knew this. It happened during the Trump administration, whereupon President Trump and officials within his administration immediately and collectively called bullshit on the report, saying it never happened. Quote, now they're putting out that a balloon was put up by China during the Trump administration in order to take the heat off the Biden regime, Trump wrote over the weekend. China had too much respect, he said, for Trump for this to have happened, and it never did. Now, this, folks, is where logic, intelligence, and the obvious facts fail the new official narrative, and at least a few folks are willing to point it out. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Virginia on Monday called for a congressional hearing into the uh, why of the U.S. intelligence community and its failure to well, to do one of two things, either to spot the balloons when they should have, and that was their job, right, since uh, we'll come to this in just a second, they might very well have been carrying nukes or an EMP device or bioweapons or a whole lot worse than the stuff that they're officially talking about. But if they didn't spot it, that would be incompetence. On the other hand, if they did, then why didn't they inform the POTUS? She put it this way, quote, If it's true that the Pentagon purposefully did not tell President Trump of Chinese spy balloons during his administration, then we had a serious breach in command during the Trump administration, she tweeted. The POTUS is the commander-in-chief. We must investigate and hold accountable those who broke rank, unquote. And this after she asked earlier in the day, defense officials now claim that Chinese spy balloons overflew the U.S. during the previous administration. But if that's true, then why is it just now being reported? Former National Security Advisor under President Trump, John Bolton, told CNN on Monday that it would be a serious problem if there was any actual knowledge these balloons were over the United States and higher authority wasn't told. And said Bolton, as far as I know, every Trump administration official who's been asked said they didn't know anything about it. 
Senate Armed Services ranking member Roger Wicker of Michigan said allowing a spy balloon from the Communist Chinese Party to travel across the entire continental United States before contesting its presence is a disastrous projection of weakness by the White House. And all I can add to that is, duh. But now, with their backs up against the wall, the deep state seems to want to have it both ways. They're incompetent when it matters, or they're not incompetent, and they just didn't tell the people who are supposed to matter if we actually had an elected government that was really running things. Oh yeah, and let's not forget this from NORAD Commander General Glenn Van Herrick, who told reporters that spy balloons entered U.S. airspace three times during the Trump administration, but he said, well yeah, we were incompetent, quote, we didn't detect those threats. And he called it a domain awareness gap. How about a new or should have known, maybe even a treason gap, folks? But wait, there's more. Turns out that Andrew Thornbrook, via the Epoch Times, reminding us of things first reported several years ago, had this to say, uh, yeah, long before the Pentagon had to deny being incompetent. Chinese state-owned television aired footage of a high-altitude balloon dropping hypersonic weapons all the way back in 2018. The stunning footage, says the Epoch Times story, also reported via Zero Hedge, displays a high-altitude balloon, not dissimilar from the one that traversed over the United States unimpeded last week, carrying three hypersonic glide vehicles, also called HGVs, into high altitude, and then dropping them for testing. The Chinese state broadcaster CCTV reported the weapons test back in September of 2018, and that footage has since been deleted from communist Chinese media. Hey, I wonder why. But photographs and short clips are still available online. Well, at least as this report goes to press. In one post from 2018, a Twitter user shared footage from Du Yin, China's version of TikTok, which shows the balloon lifting the three HGVs from the ground. As the South China Morning Post has put it, the balloon-dropped HGVs were part of an effort to develop precision warheads for hypersonic weapons, which would give the Chinese military, and uh, this seems particularly apropos to ponder today, doesn't it, a, quote, unstoppable nuclear-capable weapon. Especially, folks, if you're dealing with a U.S. Department of Defense, good grief, that is either incompetent or on the take. Or maybe, witness the marionette-in-chief himself, both. But I guess our update wouldn't be complete without this, also from Zero Hedge and other sources. A team of special Navy divers has recovered remnants of that Chinese surveillance, or maybe it was a whole hell of a lot worse, folks. They don't want to talk about that. Balloon from the depths of the Atlantic. Surface recovery ships are now scooping up the debris, while underwater drones locate debris fields for divers. On Tuesday evening, the military service released the first images of the spy balloon shot down off the coast of South Carolina over the weekend. And a team from Explosive Ordnance Disposal Group 2 was seen in images pulling the balloon fabric up out of the water while U.S. Fleet Forces Command provided the images, according to Axios. And ahead of that recovery effort, General Glenn Van Hurrick, hey, didn't we just hear that name? Commander of U.S. NORAD Defense Command, told reporters the balloon was massive, measuring 200 feet tall, and had a payload weighing nearly a ton. And from what we seem to now know, folks, that's more than enough for at least an EMP or two. Or maybe some HGVs. Listen to this. And this is more CYA, it sounds like. Quote, from a safety standpoint, picture yourself with large debris weighing hundreds of pounds, if not thousands, falling out of the sky. That's really what we're talking about. 
Eh, no, you blithering. Well, I won't say idiot. I think he's just a liar, folks. Maybe incompetent, too, because they didn't spot it. But still, now they're doing the CYA thing and saying, oh, yeah, it's falling debris that really ought to booga, booga, booga scare you. Not bioweapons, not EMPs, and certainly not hypersonic glide vehicles carrying any of the above. And get this. Lawmakers have voiced concern that the weather balloon was a spy balloon that could transmit information back to Beijing. Well, if it was, it did. And the only thing we don't know yet is whether the next one, and trust me, if this one was that successful, they're at least already thinking about it, won't show us what they're really capable of. Now, with that, I want to go to the second of the two items I refer to as the current events that are going to lay out where we're headed next that has to do with why the big lie here is a really big deal. But wait a minute. Again, it's not just the lies. It goes far beyond the lies. Remember, Adolf Hitler built up Germany, its economy, its industry, its war machine. Then he destroyed it and in the process killed millions of people as well. Likewise, look at history. Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot, Idi Amin, all killed masses of people. And none so many, however, as the deep state and their puppets have already done. And remember, they're just getting rolling. But what they had in common is this, and we saw it, and I want to make sure we emphasize it and really try to explore what all of that means. It was writ large. Biden said it. He he laid it out. He laid out the lies. He praised himself, the God of this world, if you will. And by the way, if you get the idea, that really does irritate me. And then he went ahead and said, with democracy, the great God that we worship, the one that replaced that God of the Bible, the concepts that the Declaration of Independence said, this nation, back when it was God-fearing, was once built upon. That was a true God, the real one. What we are seeing really today is a war, an outright total war on him and on everything that the um, God of the Bible stood for, told us to build a society upon, to build a rule of law upon. And what we're seeing is exactly what happens when the rule of law is destroyed. When criminals, who are really worse than criminals, these people are at war with the one true creator. And uh, yeah, you know what that means. And it's been obvious now for years, but they have never quite come out and said it as bluntly, as in your face as uh, with democracy all things are possible. The great God that failed, as Hans Hermann Hoppe said, as they have this week. And we just keep seeing it. All right. I, um, I mentioned here as we as we started to wrap up, we had the balloon debacle. And that showed that they really don't care. And uh, one thing is true. After all of the uh, the gnashing of teeth here, either they're utterly incompetent, which is believable, you got to admit, or they're lying. And also they failed to notify if what they said about Trump was true. They failed to notify the president or anybody in his executive office. Anyway, you slice it, folks. This is, uh, let's see, what was the term for making war on the states and the people? Yeah, it's treason. And it's actually been exposed. All right, the other story that I want to mention here, and we've talked about this on uh, on a number of news shows and probably on the Come Out of Her My People show and others as well, is that the... Um, well, as it turns out, we knew when the Nord Stream pipelines were blown, blown up that something stank. It was clearly sabotage. Almost certainly the pieces pointed in one direction, and that would be the puppet master in Washington. Russia, I think, has known it all along. We saw any number of indications that that was what was the case. 
But this week, we have one of the foremost reporters, the uh, New York Times, which was uh, headed downhill, basically went in the tank when Seymour Hersh left. Uh, he has uh, done lots of uh, yeoman's work literally for decades at this point. Anyway, he wrote a piece which is getting no mainstream press at all, but certainly among the alternative press, people are paying attention because we should. It's called How America Took Out the Nord Stream Pipeline. Now, let me say it again. How America took out the Nord Stream Pipeline. It was pretty clear what happened. And uh, now Seymour uh, Hirsch is reporting on the how and um, basically removing any doubt about the what. It happened uh, that there was a training operation in uh, rural uh, Florida near Panama City. And um, the center, as it's called, was a... Um, a center for highly trained deep water divers for decades. What he said was, in going through a whole lot of detail, there's a six or eight pages worth of, of information here. They were going to use C4 explosives to do the job. And um, as it turned out, things evolved during the process. Let me just hit a couple of the highlights here because I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Again, we know how, uh, we know what was done. Seymour Hirsch is pointing out how. Last June, Navy divers operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer NATO exercise known as Bowel Tops 22 planted remotely triggered explosives that some three months later were used to destroy three of the four Nord Stream pipelines, according to, uh, as Seymour Hirsch puts it, a source with direct knowledge of the operational planning. And he certainly has lots of detail on it. By the way, there is an independent con- confirmation of this here, too. Biden's decision, he says, and I'm not sure if Biden makes any decisions, but I'll, I'll give him the uh, uh, author's license on that one, to sabotage the pipelines. I think the puppets basically are pulling the strings. Came after more than nine months of highly secret back-and-forth debate inside Washington's so-called national security community. Oh, yeah, we see how secure they are. About how best to achieve the goal of destroying the pipeline. For much of that time, the issue was not whether to do the mission, but how to get it done so that it would be, well, there would be plausible deniability and they would be uh, uh, able to escape any overt clues as to who was responsible. The divers that did it were not members of America's Special Operations Command, he notes. Uh, They were the hardcore diving school uh, Navy folks there in the Panama City area. And these covert operations of Special Operations Command must be reported to Congress, and they have to be briefed in advance. Uh, That would be Senate and House leadership, the so-called Gang of Eight, And basically, the regime did everything possible to avoid leaks in the planning that took place in 2021 and into the first months of 2022. Note, this was long before Putin, 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 and the the so-called invasion of Ukraine that uh, they finally took the bait on. Biden and his foreign policy team, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, Secretary of State Tony Blinken, and of course, the infamous Victoria Nuland, uh, had been vocal and consistent in their hostility about the pipelines. There are uh, quotes, I've played them here on this show, of Biden and Newland both saying, we're going to take it out if Russia invades, and we know they will. We're going to take out those pipelines. And um, again, I'm going to skip over a lot of the details here, but there is one key element that is interesting, and it's a part of the story we hadn't heard before. Seymour Hirsch provides the specifics. The C-4 that was attached to the pipelines by the divers was, was to be triggered by a sonar buoy dropped by a plane on short notice. 
But the procedure involved the most advanced signal processing technology because once in place, the timing devices attached to it, to any of the four pipelines, uh, could uh, be accidentally triggered by a complex mix of ocean background noises throughout the heavily trafficked Baltic Sea, near and distant ships, underwater drilling, seismic waves, even sea creatures. So to avoid this, they set up these sonar buoy that once in place would emit a sequence of unique low-frequency tonal sounds, kind of like those emitted by a flute or piano. Basically, this was the remote control. Do your job and blow up. All of this would be recognized by the timing device, and after a preset hours of delay, the explosives would be triggered. Uh, his source told him, you want a signal that's robust enough so that no other signal could potentially send the pulse that detonated the explosives. Says uh, Dr. Uh, Seymour Hirsch, I was told by Theodore Postel, uh, Doctor or Professor Emeritus of Science, Tech, and National Security Policy at MIT. Uh, he served on the Pentagon's uh, uh, Chief of Naval Operations staff and so forth. What he said was the longer the explosives were in the water, the greater risk that there would be of a random signal that could light them off. And on September the 26th, here's the independent confirmation. This came from a fellow called Monkey Works on the web who focuses on tracking U.S. civilian and military flights. Turns out that he uh, he tracked this one and has now hmm, fit the pieces together. On September 26, 2022, a Norwegian Navy P-8 surveillance plane made a seemingly routine flight and dropped a sonar buoy. The signal spread underwater, initially to Nord Stream 2 and then to Nord Stream 1. A few hours later, guess what happened? The high-powered C-4 explosives were triggered, and three of the four pipelines were blown to smithereens and put out of commission. Uh, Literally billions of dollars' worth of infrastructure destroyed. And, of course, as we know, uh, it basically has sent Germany back and uh, prices all over Europe up for energy. Uh, This was a pretty devastating blow, not just to uh, Russia, Russia, Russia. So uh, probably by now you can guess the rest of the story. Again, the thing I want to emphasize and the thing that we want to point out here as we literally go to break um, the top of the hour is, um, well, let me just read a quick bit of the uh, the story here. This same story occurs in Matthew chapter 19 and Mark chapter 9. And um, it appears, this, this phrase appears a number of times in scriptures. And it has to do with Yeshua talking to his disciples. And he said, hey, it's tough, basically, I'm paraphrasing, for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why, it's easier for a camel to go through that place, a, a actual a physical place called the needle gate, where um, only a, a man walking upright or a camel that was unloaded could go through. Then it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of Elohim. They were amazed, they said. Uh, his disciples asked him, well, who then can be saved? And he beheld them, and he said unto them, listen to this, and ponder the Bidenfuhrer's comment. With men, this is impossible. Even if they vote, you mean? Yeah, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And don't think for a second that Biden speechwriters didn't know precisely what they were doing. Again, the same story with a bit of an interesting addition appears in Mark chapter 9, and the same phrase appears in Mark chapter 10 and elsewhere. This is a common, repeated phrase in the scriptures, and we better understand it. With Elohim, with God alone, all things are possible. That's not what the Biden Fuhrer says. They are undeniably, for those with eyes to see, making war on him. And we had better know, folks, which team we're on. There's a reason yod heh vav warned us through his prophets about what is happening. And may Yahuwah bless you and yours. <laughs> 